0: You guys get enough pumpkin spice in your life? No, not yet. No? Well, it's it's time for Christmas now. The the leaves on this bush tree thing, whatever it is, are gone. So it's now it's, it's now Christmas. So what? Yeah, i have just Costco said it was Christmas. It's Christmas now. <laughs> I hope and pray that you are all doing well. Yeah, as seasons change, it reminds me that the Lord Almighty never changes. The author of Hebrews states it like this Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. The God of the Bible is who is, who was, And who is to come. God most high is worthy of all our praise. I love how Jude says this. This is like, right? We still have life verses now, right, Tanya? Is that cool and hip still to have? This is my life verse. So yeah, whoa, man. (laughs) Radical. (laughs) Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Christ Jesus our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Now this is the amazing truth of Christianity, right? We don't point to ourselves as having the moral high ground, or having it all together. We point to the Lord, a Savior that came to be broken, a Savior that came to the needy, a Savior that came to seek and save, to heal the sick, right? We point to Jesus. For He alone is able to keep us in this life and the next. As I, as Alicia asked the question, you know what has, you know, what makes Christianity, what makes walking with Christ cool, right? You yeah, I've been, as everyone knows, right. I think I've said it enough that I'm going through the Gospel of Mark series with Pastor Mike Koinger, and it's been a great joy. Um, and that sermon hit. I think it was Mark nine, and Jesus is just like. Frustrated with the disciples, and Mike took this long journey on God being patient and long-suffering, that He is residing with the sinner. And I'm like, "Thank you, God. You know, thanks for not smiting us all and sending us away, but coming for us. The Lord is patient and drawing us to repentance by His kindness. How amazing is that?" Only by trusting in Christ are we able to be presented to the Father with great joy by the Son. That's a cool day to look forward to, right? How cool is that? You know, back in my day, it was so good. I'm like, it'll be better, (laughs) right? It'll be way, way better. The offer of salvation is proof that God is good. And His goodness and His love are provably seen throughout scripture, but before I turn to the scripture let's uh let's go to prayer father god we we thank you for today Lord we thank you for your your kindness and your patience and your long suffering that you so love the world that you sent forth your Son, born of a woman, born under the law, that none may perish, but that we would believe upon the Son, that we would look upon him and have eternal life. How amazing is that? Lord, thank you for walking with us and talking with us and, and offering grace and mercy in our time of need and being sympathetic. Our weaknesses. We just praise you today, Lord. Thank you for this time, this this opportunity to open up the Scripture and and talk about the goodness of God, and to see your Scripture, to see your Word poured out as a love letter to humanity, as revelation that we would not know these things without it. It would just be like guessing in the dark. But we don't have to guess. We can we can know who you are how amazing that is be with us in this time rid us of all of our distractions all of our worries of of things that have happened of things that are going to happen that we would just fix upon you to be equipped refreshed and encouraged thank you for today lord in the name of jesus we pray amen well, please uh, turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 145. Right? Is it 145 or a 145? How do you How do you guys say that? A? Eh? Is that more Canadian? Right? <laughs> the The funny joke that I heard the other day was it Is it poutine or Putin? I'm like, you know, because you're putting it in your mouth, that's what it's called. And I'm like, I'd never heard it pronounced like that. I think you watch all these food review shows and everything, and apparently uh, vitamins is how you say vitamins in the UK. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to have a stroke. Don't, don't even, (laughs) don't even say it. Get your daddy vitamins. Mm -mm. No, not today. This is America. Oh, they do? Oh, I didn't know that. It's been a while since I've seen that show, (laughs) We will be in uh, Psalm 145, and let's read the whole passage uh, that we'll be in today. It's verses 8 through 13. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give you thanks, O Lord. And all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of men, of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your domain endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all of his works. And this is, of course, a continuation of our study of Psalm 145. And if you missed last Sunday, uh, it's on the the Liberty Plains podcast if you want to check it out. Um, It's just an amazing Psalm of David. But the overall point of the psalmist here, of David here, is that God is a God of mercy and kindness. And we can see that. Right, it is evident, evidence for it is everywhere. We only have to look. But first, I, I really look at this. First, we have to do away with the philosophical worldview. As we were uh, just reading in Colossians 2.8, And we shouldn't let howl and deceptive philosophies overcome us. We shouldn't let human tradition overcome us. So the church should stand against worldviews and philosophical persuasions that say that the God of the Bible doesn't love everyone and doesn't, matter of fact, provide for them. Like the area of justification, sanctification, glorification, the area of personal salvation and national relations with the God of Israel are conflated and confused by many believers today. So we should, in this study, look at scripture of what it states. James states this. says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted... God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, and then desire when it comes... Sorry. Then when... Sorry. Then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin, and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. Do not be deceived my beloved brothers every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom we have no variation with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change of his own will he has brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures You know, yet, right? Yet there are those that would have us believe that every molecule is under the sovereignty of God. But how they define that is differently, right? It's it's true. I I would yeah, we readily agree with that, right? You kind of say it in conversation. But if they define sovereignty as to God wills or God A.K.A. determines everything. And we'll actually start dealing with this as we get into uh, the chapter on sin uh, in uh, the doctrine book that we'll be going through in Sunday school again. But they define it as this. that Yes, everything, every sin, war, famine, death, even the original fall is determined by God. But yet, if we go back and read the verse above, we'll see that God doesn't tempt us, right? it doesn't and Jesus actually states this is that from out of the heart right out of the heart comes evil thoughts murder adultery sexual immorality theft faultless fault false witness i can't read today <laughs> and slander right again and again we can see that we conceive it we give birth to sin god doesn't determine that He actually states it in the book of Jeremiah when Israel's burning their own children that he's like, I have not determined this. I have not willed this. C.S. Lewis says it best. Free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness of joy worth having. That's a cool quote. We see it in the garden. We see it before Israel, that life and death are actually set before them, that they can either have cursings or blessings. And a great chapter to read on that is Deuteronomy 11, uh, verses 26 and 29, uh, specifically talk about that, that that's set before them. What mount are they going to choose? You know, In the study of salvation, we can see that God has left the choice open to receive Him or not, to accept the free gift of God or not. You know, I always think about the serpent you know, being lifted up, the bronze and serpent. I'm like, were there Israelites that were like, nah, I'm just going to die. Right? They knew there was something wrong. They knew they were sick. They knew they were dying. So, dude, I'm going to look, right? I'm going to look at the bronze serpent. You know, yes, we are broken, and yes, we conceive sin in every thought and deed and every day but if we place our faith if we trust if we rest our full weight upon the Lord Jesus then we are redeemed that's the only condition for salvation for election and as I've taken time to look at these personally and there's a lot of opinions right you know on these things they are written to the saints That if we are in the Savior by the condition of faith, then we are elected to this, right? We are adopted to the faith, or sorry, we are adopted to the family. We are now blameless. We have eternal life, and now we're on this lifelong journey to be conformed, right? That's what we're predestined to in Christ, to be conformed into the Son, to the image of His Son, if we are in the elected one, if we are in the anointed one, the Messiah, then we are set apart to be his workmanship. And that's a daily call for believers, right? What mountain are we going to choose? Which way are we going to hike, right? What are we going to do? The call to the world is the accepted the free gift. To see that there is a God who has formed and framed us all, who so loved the world that he sent his son to bring redemption to it. David states this in verses 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. David writes this in Psalm 85. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Right, it's that conditional statement, right? To all that call upon you. That God, through general and specific or what we call special revelation, has and does draw all of humanity to himself. His grace and mercy are evident throughout Scripture. Jesus states this in the Gospel of John, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Right? That's always where the battle kind of lies. Well, you know, how does that work? Well, that's, it's true. It's a, it's a true statement. God is the one who steps into creation. Right? He meets Israel at Sinai. He comes down in the form of a babe. He steps into creation to call the broken back to himself. And God does this. Jesus states this in the Gospel of John as well. And when I, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. This opportunity, this this choice is before all. And then Jesus says this in the Gospel of John, talking about the bronze serpent, right? And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And more, whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The presence of the gospel unto all people as the means of salvation found in Romans 1 16 proves that God loves us that he truly is good to all and he has mercy over all that he has made David continues in Psalm 145 verses 10 through 13 all your works shall give thanks to you O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you, and they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. And your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all of his works. As we think upon his works, even those that were mentioned, you know what else comes to mind? There's a lot, right? There's a lot that we can go through from creation itself, speaking everything from nothingness, right? We picture nothing, and we picture black. Well, black's still a color; right? it's still something that's in existence. So I'm like, Whoa. so what was there before there was nothing? That's amazing. You <coughs> can think about the beautiful babies that are born. Yeah, congratulations, guys. Got another grandkid. Yeah, saw that. That's pretty cool. <coughs> to the wonder of waterfalls. I love waterfalls. Even in video games, like, oh, those are so cool, right? <laughs> they're, they're better in real life. They all proclaim his handiwork to the amazing complexity of the cell, to the far reaches of the universe. And we keep on making these microscopes that can see down these awesome engineering things that are going on in our body right now as we sit or stand. And it's amazing. We build bigger telescopes and we keep on seeing all these glories, all these things. You know, David had it down to a a T, Right? In Psalm 19, he proclaims, he states this, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies above proclaim his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes throughout all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun. The whole of creation declares the glory of God and everyone knows it, right? Everyone should know it, right? That's what Paul is talking about in the book of Romans. He states the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. They're like, you know, God's over here, and They're like, mm, I'm not talking to that guy, right? You know, he, he wants stuff from me, right? He wants me to, you know, to submit, to surrender, to choose. For what can be known about God is plain to them, right? It's it's plain, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power, His and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. All right, herein lies the question that uh, all the big old theologians on either side of history, or even those that kind of try and stand in the middle, the questions come to, is humanity broken? Unable to dwell with God, or is it destroyed? Is it unable to choose God with libertarian free will? And then another question, right? Another question is this, is why is judgment here? Is it because we are stuck or is it because we suppress? And that kind of clears some of the mud just a little bit. And we are broken and judgment is here because we suppress what is clear to all of us. And we can see that judgment in the end will be fair. Paul states this in 2 Thessalonians. Inflaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. See, God will judge each and every person by the amount of knowledge they have personally received or rejected or even had access to. All the works of God point back to him. All of his wonders give him praise. And we who are made in the image of God have a choice to do that or not. It's interesting. I, I've been studying Genesis by myself, kind of just doing a you know, Bible study, asking different questions and everything. In Genesis, in all of the animals of creation, they've never been once given a command to have dominion or have offspring. They just do it right? If they're a dolphin, they're in the ocean they're having babies. If they're a butterfly, they, you know, well, they're a caterpillar first and then they, you know. <laughs> You've been to that science class, right? We don't need to talk about all that, but they, they just, they, they're just about living life. Yet, to the man and woman made in the image of God, they have a choice because we're made in the shadow of the Almighty. If we are set apart. for we're saints, we should be about blessing the Lord, pointing others to Him. Right, and how how do we do that? Well, right, the Lord's Prayer comes to mind. How would be your name? Right, holy be your name among us. That's the first and foremost thing. Right, we always hear that. You, know, you want revival? We'll start start here. Right, draw a circle around yourself. Right, start start there. And then in that that we would point others to him as we talked about last week, right? By speaking, by telling of him, by telling of his wonders, by telling of his kingdom and his power. Jesus says it like this in the book of Acts. "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Well, there's a choice there as well, right? We in Christ Jesus are justified and we are witnesses of his great wonder. But The question still remains, are we going to be a good one or a bad one? I was opening up some green bell peppers from uh, Sam's Club yesterday and I pulled the first one out <laughs> Couldn't see it, right? Couldn't see it in the bag, but I saw it once it was in my face and it was all mold on one side. I'm like, oh man, to the trash, right? You know, you want the good bell peppers. You don't want the bad ones. Will we be about the cause or will we be hostile to the cause? The local church body matters to our Lord because together we rise or fall in being a witness of him. Together we do this. That we would make known to the children of men your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. As we hit upon the subject last week of speaking out, of making it known, of telling people, we can see that words are paramount to Christianity. I was listening to another sermon the other day and they were saying a witness sees something and says something. That's it, you know? I'm like, it's pretty simple, but it still gives me the heebie-jeebies, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, but we've seen something. We've seen all these wonders. We've seen all these these amazing things. And we live in Colorado. We just have to point and say, Who made that? <laughs> thousands of years of erosion, man. Instantaneously, right? Let there be light. And there was light. How amazing is that? Now, Being a workmanship is a part of that. As we saw last week, moral living doesn't and shouldn't replace the telling, the going and telling everyone here is the Messiah behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world the passage ends with this your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom your dominion endures throughout all generations the Lord is faithful in his words and kind in all of his works you know, it answers the question why does it matter or better yet Why should it matter to the one telling and to the one being told? Because life is passing away. Life is a vapor. One day our hip, cool, know-it-all generation that has it all figured out and, you know, everyone else does atrocities, not us. It will be gone. The kingdoms of sand our self made things our control, our hobbies, our families will pass from this life to the next. C. S. Lewis. Let's see, I got on the CS Lewis train for this sermon right. <laughs> he says it like this There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, culture, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life to ours is the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. And we will go to one place or the other. That's the truth. So that's why the word goes forth. So all can hear. And please turn in your Bibles with me to Daniel, chapter 2. You know, every time this... uh, went over the psalm and your dominion is everlasting, your kingdom is everlasting, it's like, you know, ringing in my ears, go to Daniel, go to Daniel, right? Because that's where you see... You see it. Better yet, Nebuchadnezzar saw it, freaked out. He's going to kill everybody, right? Daniel steps in and says, I can interpret it, right? And I can tell you what it's all about. Or I can show you, right? Because Nebuchadnezzar was like, no, you tell me the dream and you tell me the interpretation. All the wise guys were like, well, he found us out. And then Daniel was like, well, no, I I know how to. So at the end of Daniel 2, uh, verses 44 and 45, Daniel is telling Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of that dream, he says in those days of the, those kings the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will, shall never be destroyed nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand And that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, and the silver and the gold, right? Those are the kingdoms that are described of the world. A great God has made known to the king which shall be after this. The dream is certain, its interpretation is sure. This great statue was full of glory. You've probably seen you know Sunday school charts of it, and it looks like a little Nebuchadnezzar in different You know, formats and everything. It represents the worldly kingdoms, these great empires that would take over and rule, and they'll all be broken to pieces, is what Daniel says. By the stone that is cut from a mountain, by no human hand. Right? It's it's from God. God's kingdom will stand forever. And later on in the book of Daniel, if you want to turn with me in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 7. We'll see this in verses 13 and 14. This is another good life verse, if anyone's looking for another one. (laughs) I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came like one a son of man, And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. Right? If the Bible says something three times, God is holy, holy, holy better write it down oh yeah if it's not going to be destroyed if it's not going to be destroyed and if it's going to endure forever it's you know it's not going to go nowhere right (laughs) it's staying guaranteed and with this forever kingdom comes a forever king and that king is the son of man the son of god jesus who's able to be presented before God because he is God, as John tells us, as the whole scripture tells us, that he is the son taking on flesh, who is lifted up for all to look and be saved. This is the very one that we need to know to be granted entrance into the kingdom. Jesus states it like this, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and find pasture. I love the sayings that you find in John. The I am sayings, right? I am the door. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But the narrow way is having faith in Christ. Because Christ is the only one that we can hide in. Trusting him to take the full weight of our sin and shame and only by resting in the finished work of the cross are we hidden in Christ, sealed in the spirit and adopted by the Holy One. That's pretty cool. <laughs> now, therefore, that's why we, we sing of his wonders. We tell of his love. And that's why we speak of the Almighty throughout our days. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy and grace. We thank you for your great love which with you have loved us with And Lord, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. We have opportunity and responsibility before us today to do that willingly. One day it will just happen and everyone will know whether they were right or wrong. And Lord, we don't joke or jest with mere mortals. Lord, we will go to either heaven or hell. because of what we decide and do with Jesus. And Lord, we just lift it up to you. We lift up all nations and all peoples to you, Lord. Give us a a burden in our heart for similar and beyond of just speaking out these truths of, of, as David said, to pour them forth, to sing them out, to speak them, to tell of the wonders and the majesty of God most high. And that truth would ring out that Christ has come to save sinners. And thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for this time that we could gather together in fellowship and prayer. And thank you for your word. Be with us this week as we go forward. Help us to aim to please you, Lord, throughout our days as we walk through life, as we work, as we talk, as we go about life. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.